Welcome to Whipple's Press Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Whipple. There's an old saying that to the victors go the spoils. Well, if that is indeed the case, there are going to be a lot of Green Bay Packers going to the Pro Bowl. Welcome, I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for another Packers podcast. How are you doing, Rob? I'm great. How are you doing, Gary? I am doing swell, waiting for that vaccine to come out any day now, and I'll feel <laughs> even better. <laughs> it's uh, going to happen this month, Gary. Uh, you can finally see the uh, goal line, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you got it. Can't come soon enough, so... Well, anyways, Rob, we got a lot of topics to uh, cover today, and but let's start out with the Pro Bowl. Uh, there won't be a game, of course, because of the pandemic, but the NFL is still allowing people like you and I to vote for our favorite Pro Bowl players. And uh, with an eight and three record, one of the best in the league, it's safe to say the Packers are going to have plenty of players represented in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say, Gary. Although remember, they did go thirteen and three last year, and and they only had a few get into the game. I think when it was all said and done, a, a bunch were added later as alternates and stuff like that. But on that, on that first ballot last year, they, they didn't get a ton of respect. I think that'll change this year, Gary. We can kind of go over our lists here shortly, but they're eight and three, Gary. I, I don't see any way they finish worse than 12 and four. I think they've got a really good chance to get to 13 and three. They'll chase that number one seed. And if, if that all happens, Gary, I have them right now with nine Pro Bowlers. Whoa. <laughs> you know what? I'm a much tougher grader, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, no, let, let, I'll tell you what. Let's start out by going through our offensive picks, okay? Sure. And, and I'll throw you mine right off the bat. One, I think, is an absolute no-brainer, Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's having arguably his best season. And, I mean <laughs> – He's been exceptional. He, he gets my nod over Russell Wilson uh, from that standpoint, or maybe, I don't know. You tell me, you know, they, they changed the format on this pro bowl a little bit and you might want to enlighten our, you know, listeners on that. If you do jump online now and try to vote for the pro bowl at the majority of these positions, Gary, you'll, you'll vote for six guys and it doesn't matter what conference they're in back in the day, you would vote, three quarterbacks, for example, from the NFC, three from the AFC. Mm -hmm. Well, right now, if, if you know, if, if you want to put in five quarterbacks from the NFC and one from the AFC or vice versa, you can certainly do that. The, the teams aren't, the game isn't played. And, and like you say, Gary, we, we won't have a game, but it, the last couple of years, the way it's been played, it, it's not strictly NFC players against AFC players. These rosters are jumbled up a little bit where you could have Packers, Colts, and Chiefs on on one side of things and bears, buccaneers and dolphins on the other. And it's, it's just kind of a, a jumbled mess these days, which I guess is apropos Gary, because I think the game's a mess anyways, <laughs> oh, um, man. but it's a fun exercise to do, to go through and put the various Packers that you would think deserve. So, so when I get to mine, for example, Gary, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you if I think he deserves to start or not, but, but I went through before and I just, I voted then for six quarterbacks, six wide receivers, okay. uh, six running backs, six tight ends, et cetera. I think there were, I think there were six offensive tackles I could vote for Gary, you know, et cetera. So, gotcha, you know, gotcha. in a situation what, like what that, a different is, format. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's strange, you know, so, 
obviously you'll only start two of those tackles for, for example, on, on each side. And so four total tackle starts and two quarterbacks start and, and, and four wide receivers start, but you can vote for, you can vote for more than that, Gary, sure, sure. Um, in, in terms of your top six at most of these positions. Okay. Like I said before, I'll go with Rogers. I'll go with Bakhtiari, who I think is having another outstanding year and uh, living up to their contracts so far. <laughs> uh, Devontae Adams, who I think is the second best receiver in football behind uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, let's see, who else do I got here? I got two other offensive linemen in addition to Bakhtiari. I got Jenkins. And I got Lindsley. I, I know you're a big Lindsley fan. And uh, I am taking your word and the respect I have for you to put him on my exclusive all-pro or pro bowl team. Do you see anybody else or do you disagree with any of those choices? No, I, I, I'm with you on all those, Gary. And, I, and I'm going to throw one on you. And I, I'm pretty closely. You're going to start? No. But is he among the top six? I think yes. And that's a tight end where I have Robert Tanyan. Uh, believe it or not, he's tied for first now among tight ends with seven touchdowns. It's him and Travis Kelsey. Okay, believe it or not. I mean, Kelsey's the runaway best tight end in the league. It's, it's not yes, even, without a doubt. Kittle's second, but he's hurt, and he's not going to get in this year because, because of the injury. So Tanyan is first, Gary, tied for first with seven, seven touchdowns. He's eighth in receiving yards at, uh, at 458. Gary, it's a down year for tight ends. The, the, the position isn't great. You you do have to you have to go pretty deep and look pretty hard to find six that that are worthy. My six were Kelsey, Waller in in Las Vegas. Uh, Mark Andrews is a really good player in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, T.J. Hawkinson in Detroit. I had to get my lion in there, Gary. It'll probably be their only player. I would have been disappointed if you didn't. <laughs> And then, I mean, Gronkowski's having a really solid year. He nudged out a couple people to meet Gary, and Tunyon was Tunyon was worth it as, as the fifth or sixth tight end in that in that group. I, I I I'll be honest, I was a little bit shocked when I went through player by player and and guy by guy that um, that he trumped some of these other players. But Gary, to me, he he's worthy of it, and I and I'm with you totally on on the other ones. Rogers a no brainer at quarterback. Adams, I've got him. I don't think he's quite as good as you do calling him the second best receiver or second best in football. I, I would take Hill in Kansas city and maybe Metcalf in Seattle. You like over, those burners. Don't you? you like those I burners. Do like the guys who can run. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> but, I, I mean, there's no question. There's no question. Adams is in the best, you know, three, four guys in, in football. And Gary, I, I'm with you on all those offensive linemen. They, they probably won't all get in. Let's be honest. Jenkins might have to wait another year. Um, until his name is, is known a little bit more around the league. But, um, I mean, so, Gary, I've got six of them there, and I think that's certainly justifiable when, when you look now. They're first in the league again, Gary, in points, 31.7. They're fourth in total offense. They're sixth in passing, and they're 10th in rushing. I mean, so, Gary, every, every key statistical category, they're in the top 10, and the most important one, they're first, you know, in, in points per game. Yeah, So. Yeah, yeah. Is six guys from that offense too many? Yeah, probably. They'll they'll probably get in four. But honestly, when you break it down, spot by spot, guy by guy, you can make a case for all six of those guys that that we just outlined. And and that's leaving Aaron Jones off of there. And 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 I know he's not putting up the numbers that he did last year. And he was hurt a couple of games. And uh, you know, up until Sunday, he had been in a mini slump. I think 
Gary, but um, I'll tell you what, if I was starting a team from scratch, Jones would be in the first five or six running backs I would take. You know, we don't have them here in the Pro Bowl, but I think these other six guys that, that we just talked about certainly uh, certainly have merit being in that game. Well, I'll tell you what, good call on Tanya. He, he was a borderline case for me. I thought he would be like the last guy. And I was looking strictly from an NFC standpoint, and I thought that right. uh, Hawkinson and Gronk were ranked ahead of him. But, you know, with this with this new format, definitely he, he gets in, you know, I think is the last guy. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, um, again, I, I was looking from an NFC standpoint. I mean, you would have to put Cook and Kamara ahead of him, correct? No doubt about it. And then when you start throwing in backs from the AFC, you know, his chances of, uh, making it, I think, are slim. Plus the fact he missed, what, two games, Rob? Is that correct? He did. And, you know, a kid like that, Antonio Gibson in Washington, is really coming on. He's got 11 touchdowns now. Yes. Here. Aaron, Aaron Jones has six in, in terms of rushing. Uh, Gibson's passed him. But, but yeah, m- I had four backs from the AFC and two from the NFC. Uh, Gary, when, when I did mine, I, I had Derrick Henry from the AFC along with Jacobs in Vegas, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Chubb who's having a really good year in Cleveland and has probably been the focal point of that offense. And then believe it or not, I, I had the undrafted rookie in Jacksonville, James Robinson. Yeah. Good call. Having a heck of a year. Yes. I think he's third in the league in rush yards right now at almost 900 Gary. So it's uh, you know, he may not have the name recognition to do it, but, but again, there Jones has an uphill battle. It's, it's going to be quite a fight for him to break through and to get into that top six, especially like you said, because he missed a couple games with injury. Okay. Uh, I would imagine if you said you had nine total and you have six on offense. So that means you got three on defense. You, you did say nine, right? I did. I actually have okay. two on defense and I, and I have the kicker. Uh Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm a big fan of the kicker. Always have been. He's never gotten his just due. He kicks in ridiculous weather. I mean, Mason Crosby is as good as it gets. Gary, there, there's, there's two place kickers right now in, in the national football league that haven't missed a field goal. Mason Crosby's one of them. I know he's only taken 13. This offense has gotten into the end zone, you know, three quarters of the time when they get down there and they rarely settle for field goals. I, I think Crosby's only got four field goals, Gary, in the last six games. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not kicking field goals. They're scoring touchdowns. Credit to the offense, obviously. But but Crosby's 13 of 13. And then, you know, Myers, the kid in Seattle, hasn't missed either. He's 15 of 15. I was watching the Seattle game uh, the other night. And uh, I think he had like a 48 yarder towards the tail end of the game. And I'm, you know, I'm like, not that I'm pulling for Mason Crosby, but I'm going, you know what, would that be cool if this guy missed nothing against the guy <laughs> that, that Mason Crosby could have that title. But I, I want to talk about him uh, later, later in the segment here, but um, so you, you have Crosby and then your two defense players are who? It would be Zadarius Smith who I believe is tied among all side linebackers in sacks. I'll be honest. I, you know, we can nitpick here and I, and I can point out some flaws in Smith's game. I don't think his effort is great at times. And um, you know, I, I, I think if they slow down his first move, a lot of times Gary, he gives up and he quits on hmm. the play, but there's three, four five plays a game that he makes that are a pretty big impact. You saw the other night when he had the strip fumble again and on, on the sack and Preston gobbled it up and scored. And he ma- he makes a lot of impact plays. And 
Um, I, I think he's got nine sacks right now, three forced fumbles. To me, he's definitely he's definitely a worthy of going. Sure. Uh, and and then Jair Alexander at corner, Gary, um, is again he may not have the name recognition, and and only he he does only have the one interception. I do think that's gonna gonna hurt him. But week in and week out, and if if it's justifiable, Gary, they'll line him up on number one wide receivers. He's done a really nice job with that duty and that kind of kind of being entitled with that task this year. Certainly better than the last couple of years when people like Amari Cooper in Dallas and Mike Williams and with the Chargers lit him up at times when he when he went and he he tried to cover stud wide receivers. It hasn't happened as much this year where people have taken advantage of, of his height and things like that. He, he, he is, he is one competitive little bugger and, and he fights and he's smart. And I'll tell you, he, he's in the top four or five corners in football. And if you vote for six of them, Gary, he should be one of them. Again, I think the only thing that might slow him down uh, when it comes to the voters out there is when they look at the interception total and see, see that he only has one. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, I definitely agree with Cedarius Smith. I don't think he's playing as well as last year, but the bottom line is he still ranks fourth in sacks with nine, and then he's uh, sixth in tackles for losses. So, I mean, if you just look at those two numbers, those are those are Pro Bowl type numbers. When I was doing this last night, I, I was looking at Alexander and I thought, you know what, he's a lock. I mean, he's having a heck of a year. And then I, I started looking at the numbers, like you said, with the interceptions, and. I didn't even think if they broke this down into an NFC AFC situation that he would have made it. Uh, maybe he gets it because of the Packers record and stuff and, and, and the fact that he is playing pretty well, but I think there's three other NFC cornerbacks, Rob, that have four interceptions. And then there's a couple of really good players that have three interceptions, uh, including Janoris Jenkins and Patrick Peterson. And, and those are name players, so I would imagine they're yep. going to get, get plenty of votes. So, yeah, so, I, I mean, I don't have on, Gary, that that's big time name recognition right there. That, yeah. that the casual fan will vote for more than they'll vote for a Jair Alexander. So yeah, so I, I could see where he could possibly not make it, but again, if if I was one of the voters, which we are for this uh, select poll here, <laughs> I, I got him on there. So hey, any, anybody can vote, Gary. NFL.com Pro Bowl, right? <laughs> can dead people, can hey, if dead people can vote in the presidential election, why can't they do this for the, the Pro Bowl, right? That's a great point, my friend. That's uh, a great point. <laughs> so anyways, um, what about Kenny Clark? What, what's your thoughts on him? Did you have him in the picture? Nope, I didn't. You know, he, he missed some time early with the injury. I don't think he's had the impact that, um, that he's had in past years. He had a his first sack of the year recently, um, that was uh, two weeks ago. Even look at the run like by Montgomery the other night, Gary, where what did he go for? About 57 yards through the A-gap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kenny Clark needed to be there, and he wasn't. I just don't think he's played at the same level that he, he has in, in past years. He's been doubled a lot more, mm-hmm. Gary, which I know has led to some frustration on, on his end. You know, he, he, there's, there's no question he needs more help up front than – than Dean Lowry and, you know, Montrevious Adams when he was healthy or Kingsley Kiki and mm-hmm. Tyler Lancaster. They, they need another body or two coming in the draft uh, for the 2021 season. And, and Kenny Clark then maybe won't see quite as much attention. I would honestly put defensive line is probably their, their number one need going into, 
into, into next year's draft, Gary. Um, and, and that'll make life a lot easier for Kenny Clark, but just, just using this, this season and his body of work, it, it hasn't been good enough. They had to give him the contract. Don't get me wrong there. He, he deserved every penny of the contract. And I, I think he'll live up to, to his end of the bargain on that. He works his butt off. He's still young. He's, you know, he's, he's in his, what is he? 24, 25. So he's in his mid twenties mm-hmm. still. Um, he's got five years of really high level football left. Um, this just wasn't a great year. It hasn't been up till now. Now I looked this stat up the other, the other day, Gary, I, I think coming into this season, Clark had like 16 sacks and nine of them came in December. He's typically played his best football down the stretch and That's a the good Packers stat. will want him. Yep. Yeah. The Packers will want him to do that and obviously need him to do that coming home here. Um, if, if they're going to make a run at, at, at the NFC title, up until now, Gary, we're, we're taping this on December 1. The first three months of the year have not been good enough to put Kenny Clark in the Pro Bowl. Gotcha. You know, Rob, if you based uh, their Pro Bowl chances on their very last game, I think every Packer that suited up Sunday would be in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had a dominant performance, and uh, they, they made the Bears look silly. And it, it was just a great all-around effort. Your thoughts? No, you're, you're spot on. I mean, you know, where do you start? You, you go up and down the roster, right? I mean, mm-hmm. start, start with Rodgers again, who I think he threw for 211 in that game, Gary. He probably could have thrown for 450 if, uh, if they didn't take the, the, the foot off the gas when, when, when they got the big lead. Um, he's 20 and five now all time against the bears. Think about that, Gary. That's an 800 winning percentage. It's, it's just remarkable. And I, I thought the other night was one of his two or three best games, you know, ever against Chicago. He was, he was fantastic. Again, quarterback rating of 132 didn't make a mistake. Wasn't close to an interception. His line was sensational. Even after losing Lindsley early, he wasn't sacked again. Um, Jenkins slides over and, and does yeoman's work again at center and Runyon comes in and has a hell of a game, Gary at, at left guard. I mean, they, they just, they just don't miss a beat. Their depth in that line to me is, is maybe the most surprising story of the year, because I, I didn't think they had this level of depth after they lost Lane Taylor late in training camp to, to really survive the injuries that they've had, but guys, guys like Wagner and, and Runyon and Lucas Patrick, I think have, have really surprised when they've been given their opportunities. So, um, you know, looking at other big studs from the other night, Gary, you know, Preston Smith finally has a game where, you know, listen to you, you were on his case. I, I, you look, Gary, I think you listen to his coaches who, <laughs> that, that probably is more the fact <laughs> who, who made the, the not so subtle move of benching him for Rashawn Gary when, when that, when that game opened and staying with Gary in the base with uh, Zedarius Smith in the first three series of that yes. game, it wasn't until I think the fourth series where you saw the two Smiths together when the, when the Packers were running standard base. So yeah, Preston listened and, and they need him down the stretch, right. To play up to that four year, $52 million contract. Um, if, if, again, if they're going to have any chance to win the NFC, so he, he scores the touchdown right before halftime. He, he whips Leno for a sack, I think, uh, you know, pretty quickly, too. That was in less than three seconds when he beat, when he beat the left tackle, Charles Leno, for a sack. Mm-hmm. Now, he's only got two and a half all year. So, again, he's clearly been a disappointment. But, but Sunday night, he, he stepped up when, when, when they needed him to. And uh, he had far and away his best game. 
Darnell Savage had his best game probably as a Packer. I, I think he had two career interceptions, Gary, going into that game the other night, and he had two against Mitch Trubisky. Now, believe me, I, I think all these Packers would love to see Trubisky every single week, wouldn't they? <laughs> their, their, their stats would all, all quadruple um, pretty darn quickly. Sacks, interceptions, forced fumbles, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but Savage, both of those picks, Gary, um, I mean, he showed hands on those wide receiver type hands, didn't he? The first one on the deep shot to the end zone. Um, he, not only did he read it perfectly, but, but he caught the ball like he was Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. And then second pick that was underthrown, um, he kind of came back to that ball that was thrown into triple coverage. And he picked that one off again with, with an outstanding hands catch. So a lot of times, Gary, when, when guys struggle catching the ball is when they move into corner or safety. All these guys are sensational athletes, and if they could catch, they, they're going to play wide receiver. Yeah. Um, they get yeah. moved to the defensive backfield because of their hands. Well, Savage showed hands the other night that, that I'll be honest, I, I didn't know he quite had and uh, made two terrific interceptions. So let, let's throw him in there, right, in, in, in that hero segment, in that hero category from the other night. The, mm-hmm. the rushing attack came back. Gary, the other night, 182 yards, 4.7 yards a carry. Uh, Aaron Jones was outstanding again, uh, five, five and a half a pop. Jamal Williams had a touchdown and ran people over. He had 73 yards. Jones had 90. So um, tip of the hat to the run game again. I think that covered everything, Gary. It, uh, uh, top to bottom, all three phases. I thought they were going to get smoked in special teams uh, with Corderell Patterson on the other side and, and really just special teams units top to bottom that were much better on paper than green bays, but that wasn't the case. The Packers had an outstanding night on, on special teams right now, Gary, if the Packers get a draw on special teams, that's like a win. Um, the way things have gone the last month with um, a 91 yard touchdown uh, on a kickoff to Jacksonville, a blocked punt in Houston, right? I mean, they've, they've had all sorts of issues in the last four or five weeks. They, they failed to secure an onside kick in San Francisco, um, I'm trying to think that the Colts game, they had some, some pretty, Oh, it was the, uh, it was the fumble by Shepard late in that game that gave Indy their first lead of the night there, 28, 25. So, you know, green Bay special teams had been abysmal Gary for the last month. Well, they, they were really mm-hmm. good the other night, which was, they, which was they shocking were. because the Bears are outstanding on special teams. So, um, you know, I know the final score of 41, 25 doesn't look like a route, but it was a route. It was 41, 10. And um, I thought it was green Bay's most complete game of the year. I couldn't argue that at all. You know, Rob, when I think back to this game years from now, uh, I'm not going to think of the exquisite play of the Packers, you know, offensively, defensively with their special teams. I'm going to think about what happened after the game. And I don't know if you noticed this or not, but uh, after the game, it's customary for the coaches, you know, to meet at midfield or so and shake hands, right? After the game was over, Nagy beeline to the locker room, LaFleur came out, he's looking all over for him, couldn't find him and walks away. And I'm thinking, okay, I, I know Nagy was upset, but then I started thinking about this with, with, I don't know how many minutes left in the fourth quarter. It must've been at least eight or 10. The Packers are up by 24 points, right? Gary, they were up 41, 10. I mean, they, they, they were rolling. So they were up 31 at one point. Yeah. But I, 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 again, early in the fourth quarter, the game's over. I mean, everybody, you know, the, the announcers are coming up with anything they could to talk <laughs> about the game. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, he still has Rogers on the field. Number one. Okay. Then on fourth and one, 
they pass the ball. Do you remember that? Instead of punting it away? I do. Yep. And then on top of that, they threw a bomb. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, I wonder if Nagy wasn't really, really miffed at, at the sportsmanship of uh, Matt. By the way, it's Matt LaFleur. You, <laughs> have you been noticing that with national broadcasters now? They're, they're, I, make, they're making I, a big, I, big deal about this. Yeah, I, I actually have not. I usually mute those guys, Gary, if I'm if I'm watching a road game, if I'm not at Lambeau Field. I, I, I have a hard time listening to most of those guys. I, that, that is funny, though. Well, it, it's amazing. I don't know who the announcer was, but he was bashing the media for mispronouncing La Fleur. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, so maybe it is Lou Fleur. I, I don't know. I always called him Lou Fleur, but, and uh, he's been addressed repeatedly that way in press conferences, right? You know, Gary, you might be onto something there about him being miffed. I, I watched his press conference yesterday when, when he said, and he, and he told the media his message to his team and, and his coaching staff was have a freaking sense of urgency. Um, mm-hmm. I, my take going away was that he's a guy who understands and realizes now he, his job is on the line big time here over the next four or five games. He's on a huge hot seat. The GM is on a big time hot seat. Um, all these guys are going to be looking for work. If, if, if they don't get back to at least eight and eight, I'd say Gary, they're five and six now. So they're going to have to obviously win three of the last five to do that. Um, I think their playoff chances are gone after, after what happened Sunday. I, I don't see them rallying back to 10 wins, which, which is likely what it's going to take to get in the playoffs. Certainly nine at a bare minimum, um, unless you're in the NFC East, obviously, but uh, for these other teams and the other three divisions that, you know, that are all pretty darn good divisions, you're going to have to win nine or 10 to get in and Chicago can't do it. And I, I think the GM's in real trouble there with, I know, I know Pace and Nagy are under contract through 2022 Gary. So that the, the bears would have to really take a financial hit to move on from both of them. But after this many years of, of Ryan Pace not getting the quarterback right, I think he's in real trouble. And if the GM goes, the coach is going to go. That That's what I took away as much as anything, that, that Nagy just knows he, he might be down to his last month. Um, you Again, you might be spot on with that. He did not like some of the gamesmanship Green Bay had going on at the end. If you notice, too, when Boyle did come into the game, Gary, a lot of times these quarterbacks will take a knee, they'll step back, they'll lose yes. a yard mm-hmm. on the stat sheet, and they'll be fine with that. Rodgers and Boyle have this little thing where they don't like to take that negative yard on the kneel down. So if you watch the first kneel down by Boyle late in that game, he actually lunged forward instead of going backwards. The Bears didn't (laughs) care for that and started shoving the Packers a little bit. And he did it again on the second time, and the Bears pushed him even harder and pushed him back. And I, they, they, the Packers just need to take that minus one there, Gary, and and be all good with with losing a yard. I, I think that ticked the Bears off too because for 50 years here of football, that's what teams do at the end of the game. They take the kneel down, they step back and and lose that yard. Uh, the Bears were having no part of the fact that Boyle wanted zero zero on his two rushes instead of minus one minus <laughs> one. So there's always these games inside the game, right? And, and that, and that was one of them. And there was a lot of bad feelings. Let's remember, I know things are a lot nicer now than they were in, in the sixties and the eighties when these teams played and, 
you know, 75 years ago, for example, a lot of these guys will pal around in the off season. Maybe they have the same agent. I mean, Rogers and Cutler were pals for, for a long time, but this still is a rivalry where these, you know, these teams largely don't care for each other. So, um, Hey, if, if, if that's how Nagy wanted to play it, I, I, I don't blame him. Um, and uh, again, Gary, I, I think it still stems back to the fact here, here's a guy who's really worried about what he's going to be doing career-wise come January. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. At the same time, and, and this has happened on a couple other occasions where I thought the Packers had the game well in hand and Lafleur still kept Rodgers in the game. And I'm thinking like, my God, this guy's the franchise quarterback. And I know the odds are astronomical. He's going to get hurt, but why even play him? You know what I mean? And on the other side, let Boyle have some opportunities to play, you know, but when they, when they threw that bomb, <laughs> I was like, man, oh man, I can only imagine what's going through the minds of many bears on that, on that, on that sideline. So. No, I I'm with you that when, when, when a game is well in hand, like, like that one obviously was at, at some point in time. And I, I don't think we saw Boyle until there were, we're about three minutes left in that game, Gary. And mm-hmm. clearly he could have come in with, with a lot more time than, than that. You know, uh, all, all it's going to take is, is one agitated player on the other side, right? That, that delivers exactly. Martin. Take a uh, cheap shot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and Rogers is season ends and, and the fan base and, and, and Packer nation is going to want to absolutely tar and feather Matt LaFleur yeah, for leaving yeah. him in there in a game where you're up for a touchdown. So yeah, I'd get him out earlier myself, Gary. I, I don't know always what the logic is there. I know Mike Pettin's defense doesn't instill a lot of confidence at times in, in the rest of that coaching staff. But uh, you know, again, when you're up four touchdowns in the fourth quarter, that better be enough. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of Rogers, uh, from my humble perspective, it's he and Patrick Mahomes that are in the hunt for the NFL MVP. And both are just having magnificent years. In Rogers' case, he has 30 touchdowns and four interceptions. I think his pass rating is like 117. And you look at Mahomes, this is absolutely mind-boggling. He's got 30 touchdowns and just two interceptions. I mean, that ratio is insane, 15 to 1. His pass rating is very comparable to uh, Rodgers. Um, do you see anybody else in the picture at this point? Or, do you, you know, do you think it's a, a two-man race like I do? Yeah, so I wrote a story about that yesterday. It, most of the major gambling sites have Mahomes still a, a, a prohibitive favorite, Gary, to win his second in the, mm-hmm. in the last three years. He's at about minus 400 in most books, which means you got to bet $400 to win 100 Exactly. Um, yeah, Rogers on the flip side is second now. He he's jumped over some people, and he's worked his way up to number two. So you're spot on with that. But he's a deep number two, Gary. I mean, he's he's dramatically back. He's at about plus six hundred right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Russell Wilson's probably the only other guy who's who's got a chance. Seattle's eight and three, Gary. Um, if you look at their schedule, it's it's the easiest in the conference yes. coming home here over the last five games. The only game against a team with a winning record is a home game against the Rams. I mean, Russell and the Seahawks have a terrific chance to get to 13 and three when this is all said and done. I think at worst, they're going to be 12 and four. I know going into last night, I I didn't figure Russell's stats from, from last night. I think he threw one touchdown in that game. So that would put him second in the league, Gary, with 31 touchdown passes. 
Um, he went into that game at 299 yards a game, uh, which was third in the league going in, in into that game. Um, but what's going to hurt him? Here's the one number that, that Rodgers and Mahomes don't have. What's going to hurt Russell is 10 interceptions. Yes. Like you said, Mahomes yes. has two and Aaron has four. And, um, and, and that's cost Seattle and a couple of those losses, the Buffalo loss. And I, I'm, I'm trying to remember there was another one, maybe Arizona. He had a couple of games with three picks and then some, you know, but Russell's still in the top five Gary and quarterback rating, which is a big stat that a lot of people look at that ESPN rating that QBR he's, you know, six, seven, eight, right in there as well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. It, 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 for the most part, I do think it, it comes down to Mahomes and Rogers and we're hitting the home stretch, Gary, and Mahomes has about an eight-length lead right now, and, and <laughs> Rodgers is trying to close, but, man, he's he's going to have to close on fire, and Mahomes is probably going to have to lose a couple of games. And if, if anybody watched that Kansas City-Tampa Bay game, it's going to be hard to, to envision the Chiefs losing uh, a couple of games coming home. What Mahomes and Hill did in that game was, was borderline remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um the arm angles that Mahomes throws from Gary, the I mean, he, he drops eight, nine, ten yards, drifting to his left and and just flips it like like it's nothing. I mean, he, it's, he's he Smith, the guy could be a major league <laughs> baseball closer. I mean, he's got that kind of heat on his ball. His accuracy is off the charts. I mean, Gary, I I, I don't think I don't think it's hyperbola to say he he's on his way to being the greatest quarterback in the history of the league. And um, he you know, he's probably got to win four, five, six Super Bowls to, you know, to take that title away from Tom Brady and to pass Joe Montana and, and people like that. But, but man, he's headed there and they've got all their key pieces signed, signed to pretty nice contracts over the next four or five years. This, this window between now and about 2025 is, is perfect for Mahomes to win three, three more Super Bowls. Kind of like we were saying about Aaron Rodgers, Gary, back in 2010, they had, they had a lot of 25 year old studs on that team that were locked up contractually and, and Green Bay just hasn't finished the deal and, and won another Super Bowl. I, I think Kansas City is going to win a couple more. And I, I think when it's all said and done, we'll, we'll talk about Mahomes, about, you know, within the three greatest quarterbacks in the history of the league. Yeah, being the youngster that you are, do you remember Oz? <laughs> <laughs> you think, you think, that's, you that's think that was a stretch or not? <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go this weekend to whatever comedy club you're playing. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. Do you remember the great Ozzie Smith, the shortstop of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals? I'm not uh, that young. I, okay. See, that's what I'm saying. You're a youngster. Ozzie was part of that group that broke my heart in 82. Yes. Well, I mean, the, the guy could make every conceivable throw. I mean, no matter where the ball was hit, he could do it. Right. I mean, just an incredible shortstop. That's Mahomes to me as a yeah. quarterback. He can make every pass, every conceivable pass, and uh, be accurate with it. You know, the only other guy I would throw into the mix here, and again, like you pointed out, it's Mahomes' uh, title to, to lose, is uh, the running back. Now I got brain lock here from Tennessee. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. He is having an incredible year, and – with him, he seems to get better as the season goes on, too. And, and I'm not suggesting that he's going to win it, but I'll tell you what, he, he's having, you know, an MVP type of season. Yeah, I, I'd wholeheartedly agree. Running backs typically don't get it. He's probably got to get to 2,000 yards to enter the discussion, Gary. He's at yes. 1257 today, right? So let's let's call that 750 away 
from 2000 with five games left puts him at 150 to, to get there, which mm-hmm. is certainly doable. He, he could go for 200 and change against Green Bay here. He certainly um, could. Remember, <laughs> and, and you're spot on when you say he gets better and better. This is his, his time of year. And if they keep beating him in these games, he's unbelievable in the second half of football games. Yeah, 1257 rushing right now, Gary, and 12 touchdowns. You know, he, he could get he could push 2000 and have 17, 18, 19 touchdowns and work his way into that conversation. And if, if Tennessee can get to 12 and four, I want to say they're eight and three right now, Gary, they are, and, they are. and lead mm-hmm. that division. If they spring an upset in a primetime game, like the game at Lambeau that they've got coming up in late December. And he, again, he goes for 202 or three scores. He, he's going to get some votes. He's, he's clearly the one running back that could enter the, you know, top three or four here. in when it, when it's all said and done from the voters, the, the other guy, Gary, I, I do want to touch on who I think has a, a, again, not, not a great chance, but, but a chance mm-hmm. would be big Ben in, in Pittsburgh. If, if they run the table, Gary, and, and, and he goes 16 and all, I mean, I, I think that has to warrant consideration. I, I think that I that has to get him some votes when it, when it's all said and done. Now, again, they've got to go six and all here down the stretch. And, and I know they'll be favored in all those games, but there, there, there are no guarantees by any means. Um, his numbers don't jump off the page like a Rogers or a Mahomes or a Russell or somebody like that. I, I think as we head into, so that game will be played Wednesday afternoon, Gary, I think as, as, as we head into that game, Wednesday afternoon, yes. isn't that crazy? What a, what a year, what a world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I think he's fifth in touchdowns, Gary at 24 and his passer rating is 10th at mm-hmm. 101.4. I'm just, I'm just looking here. Um, so his numbers are good. They're not remarkable, but the number that's going to matter when it's all said and done is 16 and oh, they get to 16 and oh, I, I, he's got to be a top three guy. I, I agree. I, I you got to reward him for that. Quarters. Yep. Yep. No question. Somebody on that team has to get rewarded and it, it'll typically be the quarterback. And again, he's, he's played at a pro bowl level. He certainly deserves consideration. It's a Gary, it, it's, it's a remarkable field this year. If, if you really think about it and, and look at it top to bottom, um, the, these five guys we just touched on could mm-hmm. be MVP and, you know, you know almost runaway year. MVP. Yes. I, I agree. Normal year, you know, like, in a lot of these given years over the last quarter century, we, we, we just outlined five guys that are having monster, monster years, or at least their team is in Roethlisberger's case. But there, there's no doubt that the three quarterbacks we hit on and Derrick Henry are all having legendary Hall of Fame level kind of seasons. And, um, you know, for Rodgers to even be in this discussion, Gary, he, uh, he turns 37 this week on Wednesday um he, he's not a spring chicken anymore it's it's 16th year in the league right 13th as a starter you you don't usually expect this kind of upward trend from a guy as he hits his later 30s um the, these are the kind of seasons and numbers that guys put up between 27 and 32 right those those prime years in in your career and that's when rogers won his mvps in 11 and 14 we're, we're pretty much at those ages so uh, what, what Rogers is doing this year, you know, kind of taking this back to him is borderline remarkable. I mean, 33 touchdowns right now, Gary, that's on pace for 48, which will be the most of his career. I mean, for him to be setting career highs at 37 years old, and let's be honest, his weapons are good, Gary, but he's had better weapons at various oh, times. I, I, I couldn't agree right? with you more. Yep. It, it, right. In the years where he, where he 
had you know, Greg Jennings and Driver and Nelson and Jones and Finley and Cobb. I mean, those are those are all time legendary weapons. He's getting this done with 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 Adams and Lazard and MVS and Tunyon um, and and Aaron Jones and a really really good offensive line. Um, let, let let's not cry for Aaron Rodgers, but again, he's had better weapons at various points in time in in his career. I, I still think there's probably 25 quarterbacks that would love to trade rosters with, with Rogers and, and <laughs> I take, would think take so. those guys that we, just, that, that, that we just outlined there, Gary. And, you know, I mean, that, 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 that's far and away the most undervalued unit on that team. I think, and we don't give them enough credit is the offensive line. Um, I think Rogers has only been sacked 12 times. I think it's the number Gary all season. And uh, prior to this year, the, or yeah, prior to this year, the fewest he'd ever been sacked was 28th. So he's going to blow that number, Gary, out of the water um, un- unless he's sacked just a boatload of times over the next five weeks. Um, we're, we're looking at uh, an offensive line that's played at an A-minus level all season long, Gary. And, and after losing Balaga and Lane Taylor, I'm not sure that was good. I'm not sure most people thought that would happen. True, true. Rob, let's take our uh, weekly spin around the NFC North. And uh, we touched on the Bears, who are on life support. They've lost five straight. The incredible thing is if they beat the Lions on Sunday, and I'm sure that'll be the case, they'll be 500, you know? They're, they're in the wrong division. <laughs> they are, but, I mean, keep in mind, they, they were 5-1, and one, right? Correct. At, at one point Correct. in time. And I remember that we sat here on this podcast and scratched our head and said, how are they 5-1? and one? They, You know, they, they were winning games 20-19 to 19 against Tampa. Mm-hmm. They were, uh, you know, they were rallying from – two scores down in the final five minutes or whatever it was to beat Atlanta. I mean, they were, they, they were, it, it was almost a remarkable story when they were five and one, I didn't sense this level of a collapse coming Gary by any means. And, and what you saw the other night at Lambeau field was, was undoubtedly a collapse. I mm-hmm. mean, that was, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing without having gone through and, and done all the research on this, that if that, you know, if that wasn't the worst game they've played under Nagy, it's in the top three, right? I mean, oh, that it's was, in the discussion was, without a doubt. Yep. No question. And uh, so they're clearly a team headed in the wrong direction. Gary, I, I, I just, I don't know what they can do down the stretch. Neither quarterback is the answer, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're beat to nonsense on that defensive line. They played without all three preferred starters the other night in that game, the Hicks blow when they lost to Keem Hicks. Oh, when, huge um, loss. When, when, I mean, that, I mean, that, that, that was borderline. I'm not going to say it, it, it was on a par with Green Bay losing Aaron Rodgers, but that was on a par, you know, with Green Bay, let's just say losing uh, Devontae Adams, right? right or Cedarius right. and Jair Alexander or something like that. I mean, that's how good Hicks is. He, he completely changes what you're allowed to do offensively. He's, he's in the top three defensive linemen in football. And, um, you know, Green Bay's caught some breaks here over the last month or so with with who's played on, uh, you know, for the opponents each week and then who's played for, for Green Bay. I mean, you remember a month ago, Gary, San Francisco had half of its roster sitting out in, in, you know, with, with COVID or injury. Uh, right before the, the game against the Colts, their top pass rusher went on the, the COVID list. Hicks goes down the other night. I mean, and the Packers, Gary, are playing right now with 21 out of 22 preferred starters. They've been remarkably healthy again in, in the grand scheme of things, and uh, and they're taking full advantage. Hey, 
credit to them for, for keeping their guys healthy and available every single Sunday. But, but Gary, uh, put a fork to me and the bears. They're done. I think you called <laughs> it on this show a few weeks ago. You, you said one team from the division is all you will see in the postseason, And, and, and I'm with you hundred percent. One team from the NFC North is all you will see uh, still playing come January. Well, we know one one other team in the uh, NFC North that's uh, going south, and that's the Lions. And it was inevitable that uh, Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn, the uh, GM, were going to get jettisoned, and uh, they were last week. They didn't even give them the rest of the season. Here's the question I have for you today, Rob. Tell me if I'm crazy. The Lions should hire Nathaniel Hackett. No, you're not crazy. He may get a shot sooner than later. I think that's a great call. I have not seen him, Gary, mentioned among, you know, the top four or five candidates as, as we've come out of the shoot here. But, but again, nobody mentioned Matt LaFleur's name for the most mm-hmm. part two years ago in Green Bay either. I mean, Mike McCarthy was a sleeper wild card pick when, when, when the Packers went with him in, in 06. So you, you, you never know what management is thinking. You never know what direction they're going to go. I, I think Hackett's ready, man. He is the backbone right now of, of what they're doing on offense. I think him and the floor are in remarkable sync. He's paid his dues. He's been an offensive coordinator in a couple different spots around the league and had some success. Um, Gary, he was a big part of taking that Jacksonville team to the, to the AFC championship mm-hmm. game a few years back with Blake Bortles of all people, Blake Bortles. And, uh, and they found a way to get to the AFC title game and probably should have been in the Super Bowl. Um, but New England rallied late to win that game. No, Hackett's got the, he's got the bloodlines. He's, um, you know, son of a coach. He's been doing this his whole life. Smart as a whip has, has the respect of everybody inside the organization. The results speak for themselves uh, with, with where this offense is trending. You, you, you steal from within the division, which obviously weakens and cripples one of your, you know, your, your major foes and opponents inside the division Gary, I think in the 11 or 12 weeks we've done this, this, this is your best idea. <laughs> and you, might have you, you are being very, very charitable. <laughs> no, I, and, so. and, you've had, and you've had plenty of them. I'm, I'm just telling you that that's how smart that concept is because I hadn't even thought of it. I had looked at a few of the I other guys better. being primarily <laughs> mentioned and, 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 and was thinking to myself, heck, it might be still a year or two away, but, but you're spot on. He, he might be ready, Gary. You know, the, the thing that intrigues me about Hackett is he'd be walking into a situation where they got some really good young talent. I mean, I think Hawkinson is the best tight end in the NFC, and he's, what, 23? I mean, he, yep. he's, he's got a lot of football ahead of him. Uh, I, I think Swift has a chance to be a special player, and uh, I, I would like to see what he could do with Stafford. That, that, to me, would be very, very intriguing. He's got pretty darn good wide receivers there. Yes. Uh, to – Honestly, Gary, probably on a par with what they have in Green Bay when they're healthy. They they haven't been healthy this year at, at that position. Um, they've never figured out the defensive side of the ball. I mean, we're talking 20, 20 25 years for the most part since they, they've had a legitimate defense there in Detroit. I look, I look at this every offseason, Gary, every single year. They're in the bottom five in pass defense and opposing quarterback rating. And I mean, it's, it's remarkable how they've struggled – on that side of the ball, trying to get things fixed. And I, I know they felt they could do that with Patricia kind of having a defensive background under, under Belichick, but that never happened and never took place. Um, 
I was a little surprised they they jettisoned the coach and the GM last Saturday, two days after Thanksgiving. I I thought they'd let him finish out the season, but that was that was a pretty embarrassing performance against Houston again. On, I mean that that that's the Lions Super Bowl every year. They know they get that eleven thirty Thanksgiving <laughs> game, and yeah. everybody in the country is sitting down to watch them. And everybody said, you know what everybody was saying by three o'clock, Gary. Same old Lions, like you and I have said on this podcast all year long. And, why, why, why and, uh, why, sorry to interrupt you, but why did they always – I know it's tradition, but when you have bad teams like the Lions and the Cowboys playing uh, on Thanksgiving Day, why doesn't the NFL flex those out and, and put in games that are really going to captivate the audience? I mean, there are a lot of television sets turned off probably by halftime in, in those games. Both games. You're, you're exactly right, Gary. Um, I, I, I think it's time. I, I think this year was the, you know, most unappetizing pair of games. (laughs) Nice. I like that word. Right. That, that we've ever seen on Thanksgiving The the only marquee and spotlight kind of game, um, was going to be Baltimore Pittsburgh. And, and, and as we're doing this, Gary, it still hasn't been played. Um, it's moved three different times, obviously in this bizarre, crazy, wild, wacky year. I, I don't know what birthright gave this to Dallas and Detroit. Dallas Precisely. hasn't won a Super Bowl in 25 years. Detroit, Detroit's been a laughing stock of football for 50 years, 60 years. I mean, why year in and year out do they trot these two teams out there? Um, Dallas, I guess, still might have a little cachet. Detroit certainly doesn't, Gary. But I, I'm with you 100%. Start flexing those out. They're moving games around right now every single week. The Packers-Panthers game just got moved right the Packers Lions game got bumped from noon to 325 here in a couple of weeks there they they bounce these games all around late in the year do the same thing with Thanksgiving and and when you put out this the schedule in April I would list about six different options of games mm-hmm. and you'd only play three clearly you play the 11 30 the three o'clock and the seven o'clock game but by about week eight or nine you make a decision because what was last week 11 I think no week 12 was last week so by about week eight or nine you say you know what we're going with Packers Rams because these are two playoff teams over Dallas Washington right teams that are going absolutely nowhere fast we're, we're going to go with with Kansas City Buffalo because everybody wants to see that versus Lions Houston and uh, I'll, I'll tell you Gary I know the numbers on those games are always relatively high just because people get tired of talking to family and they, uh, they <laughs> all pop down that. and uh, <laughs> I'm with you there too, buddy. And uh, you know, they, they all plop down and they watch those games, but I'll tell you what you, you give me Steelers chiefs or something like that in that time slot. And, and I can't even imagine what exactly you, you got everybody. I mean, you, you own the television set, you know, for that day. But uh, anyways, let, let's let's wrap up the NFC North and, and just a couple uh, quick thoughts on the Vikings. I mean, they, they barely got by Carolina 28 to 27, and they're basically pretty much on a respirator. They still have Tampa Bay and New Orleans left on their schedule. Um, I don't know. To me, it's like, okay, we're going to make a run, but it's not going to be good enough. Yeah, what, what really is – I. I, I think when it's all said and done, Gary, they're, they're going to be close. They're going to be mm-hmm. like eighth or ninth. I think when, when this is all said and done, assuming, assuming seven still go to the playoffs and that the league doesn't expand that to eight, I think Minnesota will be on the outside looking in. 
And they're going to look back to that loss to Dallas um, a couple of weeks back is, is really the killer there. They were, they were one in five. They had gotten themselves back into contention, um, had a chance to go to 500, I think in that Cowboys game and, and blew it and, and couldn't beat uh, really an undermanned Dallas team playing with Andy Dalton. And they got back on, I mean, they had to rally to do it last week, which was impressive because Thielen didn't play. And, uh, and, and they were dinged in a couple of spots. I, I think Cook went down in that game um, as well, and they had to go to the number two running back. But, but they rallied and won, Gary. They're, they're five and six, aren't they? Um, I think is what they sit at right now. But, but man, they're, again, they're going to have to win four out of five, and, and you hit it. The, the schedule they have coming home is, is pretty difficult. I, 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 they, they would need a lot of things to go right, and a team like Arizona or the Rams or Tampa Bay you know, mm-hmm. somebody like that would really have to collapse down the stretch, I think, for, for Minnesota to get in. But but I've been saying it on this show, Gary, s- since week one. If, if they are around come January, they are dangerous because they were playing a lot of young kids and rookies from week one. We, we talked about receivers for the Pro Bowl. And I'll tell you what, when I did mine before, I didn't vote for Jefferson, you know, the rookie out of Minnesota. But he was right there at seventh or eighth. He's one of these young guys on the move. They've got defensive backs on. That, that are young and, and emerging and coming on. Their defensive line has gotten better as the year has gone along. So I, I'm just telling you, if, if they find a way to sneak into the playoffs, much like Green Bay found out in that game on November 1st, they are a really dangerous foe, I think, right now. But but again, that, the biggest problem with them is, is, is they dug too, far too deep of a hole the first six weeks of the year. And then that Cowboy game is going to be one the one, I think, that eventually keeps them out. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, move on to our parting shot segment. And uh, we talked about this guy at the outset of the uh, podcast, and that's Mason Crosby. And uh, wow. yeah, you, 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 were, you must have been reading my mind, but coming back to Mason. Yes, we are. Love. You know, I mean, he is an old man by NFL standards. He's 36 years old. And if I'm not mistaken, He's the third oldest kicker in the NFL. Uh, Matt Prater and uh, Stephen uh, Guskowski are just a couple months older. But uh, like a fine wine, Mr. Mason just gets better with age. Uh, like you alluded to you know, earlier, he's only one of two kickers to be perfect this year. He's 13 for 13. Combine that with his 22 of 24 last season, and he's made – 35 of his last 37 field goals, which, which is remarkable. I mean, that's a crazy 95%, you know, conversion rate. So uh, hats off to uh, Mr. Mr. Crosby for a uh, job well done. Gary, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. He, he should be in the Pro Bowl if he keeps this going, uh, not just for his work here in 2020, but almost a lifetime achievement award because I don't think he's ever been voted the starter. I'm going to go on a different route, but I just want to make one quick point on Mason Crosby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought he was dead in the water. I thought he was done as a Packer after the 2012 season, Gary. He was 21 to 33, if you remember that mm-hmm. year, 63%. It was the worst mark of a field goal kicker in the league that year by a lot. I think he was 32nd and 31 was somewhere around 71% or something like that. I mean, the the success these kickers have right now, Gary, is remarkable. You know, if, if you're not hitting 90%, you, you might not have a job real mm-hmm. for, for long where we're back in the horning days, right? If you hit half of them, you were a hero, 
But uh, Mason that year in 2012, Gary, I, I really thought he was toast. I thought they were going to uh, move on from him and, and go in a different direction when he was 21 to 33. I'll tell you what, Gary, he has completely turned his career around. He's going to go down as an all-time great Packer. He's going to be in the Packer Hall of Fame when, when this is all said and done. Gary, I think every year since 2012, other than one of those seasons, he has made over 80% of his kicks, and he's had two or three in there where he's been plus 90. So, yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. Kudos to Mason Crosby. Here, here's my parting shot, Gary. In 1992, when Brett Favre showed up in Green Bay, mm-hmm. the Bears held an 80-57 right? seven advantage in the series. 80, wow. yeah, they were, they, wow. The Bears had won 80 and lost 57. There were six ties along the way. So okay. the Bears were plus 23, Gary, at the time in, in the NFL's all-time uh, longest rivalry. Let's, let's call it the greatest rivalry in football. I think that's more than fair. Certainly the longest rivalry. In the time since, Gary, and, and the Bears actually won the first game in 1992 to take an 81-57-6 lead in this series. In the time since, the Packers are 43-14 and 14 in this rivalry. <laughs> I, I think that's plus, a dominance. <laughs> they are plus 29, which is unbelievable when you think about it. And, um, and Green Bay has won two Super Bowls in that time. They've won the division 14 times. And one of the biggest reasons is, is they've obviously – taking control of this rivalry. Aaron Rodgers improved the other day, Gary, to 20 and five all time against the bears. He has an 800 winning percentage against Chicago. Brett Favre was 22 and 10 against the bears in, in, in his career. And let's remember when Favre showed up in 92, 93, that still wasn't a great roster. Um, it took him, it took Wolf two or three years to get that roster where he wanted to. So, so Favre took some early lumps in that series too, but he won 69% of his games against Chicago the only other Packer in that time to start at quarterback uh, was Brett Hundley he went one and all um, in 17 when Rodgers was down with the collarbone injury Gary so here's my point because you and I are certainly old enough to remember the 80s the 70s when Chicago dominated this rivalry under mm-hmm. Ditka Chicago the the remarkable defense they had for all those years they smacked the Packers around uh, a for a, for a long, long time, Gary, I hear time in and time out from Packer fan about what a waste it's going to be when it's all said and done, that they're going to have back-to-back hall of fame quarterbacks that have only won two super bowls, at least the way it stands today, Brett Favre in 96, Aaron Rodgers in 2010. Um, here's what I'm going to say. Be thankful for what you have. The Packers mm-hmm. are, in the playoffs virtually every year. I think it's 20 out of 28 since Brett Favre showed up in Green Bay. They've played in three Super Bowls. They've been in a number of NFC championship games, right? Three with Favre, four with Rodgers. Um, now, again, they've only they've only won three of those seven, I think, along the way, Gary. But, but this is a franchise. It's hard, man, to win a Super Bowl. It really is hard, right? Since I think since the Favre era, the only teams with more Super Bowl championships than Green Bay are New England with six and Dallas and Denver with three each. And Dallas hasn't won one since 95. Um, what the Packers have done from a consistency standpoint is remarkably impressive. And in a week like last week, Gary, when they beat the Bears and pummel the Bears again, um, and, and this has been an ongoing theme now for three decades, 
I, I think it's, it's important to take a step back and say, you know what, what they've got going over there is, is pretty impressive. You'd like to see another Super Bowl ring or two before it's all said and done for Aaron Rodgers to justify, you know, 30 straight years of outstanding football. But like I said, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to win Super Bowls and what this, this organization has done, Gary is, is, is pretty impressive. in in the last three decades, I, I, I would obviously put New England as the gold standard in, in, in the last 20 plus years in terms of NFL excellence, but the teams like the Packers and the Steelers and probably the Ravens and the Broncos aren't real far behind. These are, these are your marquee franchises. And uh, last week just drove that point home again. These are the NFL's oldest franchises with, with the bears and Packers and uh, green Bay is for 30 years has been many steps ahead of, of where Chicago is largely because they have the quarterback figured out, but they've got other things figured out as well. And uh, this run, the Packers are on Gary against the bears is legendary. It's, it's unbelievable to win 43 out of 57 against your arch rival, like the Packers have done. So um, on a, a few days, as we do this after Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm telling Packer fans, Gary, to give thanks for that because you and I didn't live that in the seventies and eighties. Well, I know I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, well done. That that is very good, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are going to take that to heart. You know what? Not not only listeners, it's the media too. We we can say all we want about how it doesn't matter if you're covering a bad team or a good team. I, I've been there with both. It, it's infinitely better covering a good team. I mean, everybody's in a good mood. They they want to talk. They're easy to deal with. Deal with. They're riding high. So, but again, great 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 parting shot. Hey, uh, before we call this a wrap, uh, we want to reach out to you, our listeners, and let you know if you have any questions about the Packers or the NFL, just uh, get a hold of us through our Twitter accounts and uh, give us your name. And I don't want a bogus name like, you know, truck driver. (laughs) Uh, Give us your real name, full name, Rob Reichel, from Menominee Falls and uh, tweet it to us and we will take the top three or four questions every week and and address them. What do you think, Rob? I like it. Let's get a little uh, interaction going with the listeners. The podcast has been a ton of fun and I, and I think this can, uh, this can even take it up a notch, Gary. There you go. So Rob, it was great to be with you again. Uh, You you brought your A game as usual. Uh, You'd be my MVP. (laughs) <laughs> for for Packer coverage, I, I, you'd get my top vote. So you've got you've got low standards, then Gary. I no, not at all, not <laughs> at all. I, so, I, I I do appreciate it. You make me blush. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so well, thanks, Rob, and uh, thanks to all of you, uh, our listeners, and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and WooflesPressBox.com.